That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and dissecting Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, one minute at a time. It's a good thing you specified that Ultimate Edition because people always have to ask, like, the Ultimate Edition, right? And it's like, I don't, like, as opposed to. Yeah, you, when you started this, like, neurotic deep dive into a director's vision are you doing the director's cut or (laughs) yes correct and boy do we have problems in this minute or well not technically all of those problems were covered in the previous minute we are making the pivot into minute 116 which is going from lex luther's problems into lex luther's plan and boy do we have planning up here let's get into minute 116 (laughs) god versus man Day versus night. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. You think I'll fight him for you? Mm, yes, I do. I think you will fight, fight, fight for that special lady in your life. She's safe on the ground. How about you? Close, but I am not talking about Lois. No. Every boy's special lady is his mother. It's, it's funny that you use the word pivot. Or I, I don't know. I don't know what else other words you're going to use. But the first thing I have in my notes is all capitals pivot because it goes from he ends the last minute with the blood on your hands. And then the second Superman says, what have you done? Everything has changed. It's a, it's a cool kind of moment. I, I, I was going to say it's like one of my favorite moments in movies, but I don't know how often it actually happens where you get that character saying, what have you done? And, and you as the audience are sort of like to some level finding out along with the character. Because like we've said, Lex's plotting has been, well, we've kind of uncovered it or or cataloged it on this podcast that it is so much more nuanced and step-by-step and clockwork than it is even really possible to see on a first viewing or even like second or third viewing. But bringing it down minute by minute, when Superman says, what have you done? Now my question is more, how much detail is Lex going to go into here? Because yeah. I, it is a, he frames it as, I guess I can pivot into that. He frames it as two years explicitly. That's kind of what he is explaining to Superman, that Batman is what he has done, basically. Uh, as he says, ripe fruit his hate. Two years growing, but it did not take much to push him over. And this is where we get our explicit confirmation of... The things that we've been discussing and sort of taking as granted, you know, not not coming up with on our own, certainly in this rewatch, but uh, as Lex says, little red notes, big bang, you let your family die. Sort of uh, to all, all to some degree, specifically dealing with Wallace Keefe and his, you know, machinations or, or the work put into making him seem like... A, a bomber that was radicalized by Superman and then abandoned by Batman. Yeah, and I think that it's really cool the way that's like Lex is very clearly taking some glee. Totally. And, and part of part of what why I I highlighted pivot at the beginning of this is because 
literally at the end of the last minute, he, we were talking about how he was shaking, like his hands were shaking with like the rage over the idea that Superman exists to as a as a counterpoint to his worldview. And then he kind of gets that all out there and Superman says, what have you done? And he's like, oh, I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> then he gets back into the, like at the beginning or the traditional Lex phrasing here. Um, he's like, they'll see the blood on your hands. And he's like, and tonight they will. And I thought it was funny because he says, you, my friend, have a date and ripe fruit is his hate. And so he's rhyming, but also a date is a fruit. And it's a fruit. It, I, I looked this up out of curiosity. You eat them. You eat them. It takes like six to eight years after being planted for a tree to bear fruit to a to a date. And so the whole idea of using that as a as a metaphor, not only rhyming it, but also choosing something that is takes a a long time and care before that it even bears any fruit, literally. And once again, with the cinematography, as it's been going on this whole time, so it. It's nothing new, but that's right when he says ripe fruit is his hate is when like he's doing this like scenery chewing performance and he gestures over to the bat signal, which appears like Batman is present for this whole scene, but he's a voiceless, like just this kind of symbol that they keep on gesturing to. Totally. And then it lines up another shot where you got the Superman emblem in the foreground right against the um, on the left side of the screen. And then Lex is in the middle, and then Batman, um, the bat symbol is on the, or signal is on the right side, so like Lex is in between the two characters. It's really interesting because Superman has even pivoted away from Lex to an extent to get his symbol in there, and then as he talks, he turns back over. And so I just love that interplay, how they're keeping Batman visually a part of the scene, even though he's not here having it out with them he's like a voice like the whole point is that he's a manipulator he's a puppet his opinion in this doesn't matter he's just a symbol whereas superman is flesh and blood here yeah you're making me picture this if this was like you know metal gear solid or or like dragon ball you would see batman in the background like this is him powering up Mm -hmm. building this storm around him that is just growing and he's like all right well we need to carry out this scene like while he achieves his final form off in Gotham, but I'm going to, like, lay the stage here. And then as he's saying, you know, black and blue, fight night, the, like, the the thunder and lightning starts by punctuating and then just continues to sort of build. The greatest gladiator match in history. Well, because that's why he says God versus man, and then right after, like, literally there's thunder. It, like, almost even to, like you said, to punctuate, but also it gives this sense of, like, the whole, boy, do we have problems up here? The idea of of us above them or you above of everyone else. And and Lex and Superman are on top of this building kind of like discussing like the fate of the world almost to an extent. And, and so the idea that even like, even the thunder is, is accentuating Lex's plan. Like this moment where he feels and is reveling in his, his power and his intelligence and, and all of that. Yeah. I want to call out though, be just because you say reveling and this is kind of, probably the closest that that we get to Lex's, you know, here's my villain monologue. But as we said in the previous minute, and it continues into this minute and the next, it's not reveling in the way that I don't dislike this in any way. Like, usually when a villain lays out their plan, they're so egotistical, or they're so arrogant, or so condescending, 
Lex is so in this. And it was the yeah. same thing as when we said his fists and abominations was rehearsed and everything, obviously, to some degree, but it was still like rage and he was shaking and he was finally getting to let this out, which, which these almost never are from, from an emotional, right? They're like intellectual or like, well, I'm so glad you asked. Whereas this is, I'm so glad you asked. And then yeah. he gets to, you know, he's saying even his, you know, little red notes, uh, Big Bang, you let your family die. Like the way he says it is him like mocking the emotion that was in this, but he is so in this himself emotionally. And like you said, there's glee more than reveling. He's just like, this is pure joy that we're seeing in him, like watching this plan come to fruition. But also, I think this is where, for me, and we've talked a ton about how much we all, we all, how much, how much we all love Jesse Eisenberg's Lex on this podcast. But this scene, more than anything, oh, he is the perfect counter to Henry Cavill's Superman in these moments. Right. Because Brandon Routh kind of takes some heat in Superman Returns for not having much to say or not having much to do and just kind of like standing there. But this could not feel more different. I mean, Lex actually feels like terrifying here and he's aided by Batman in it. But the way that the way that Superman is just sort of, I have no idea what is going on right now. Yeah. And I and I know that it's not good and I don't trust you. So his reaction is understandable for him to be kind of stoic. But then Lex is like, don't worry, I'm going to go to like 11. Well, and there's also, I also, it's a, I'm glad you mentioned the him being stoic because also right after he says, you let your family die, there is a really subtle performance there where Cavill looks down and then looks back up, which is like a it's registering with him because he's been hunting Batman this whole time. And so the the revelation that, oh, wait, everything that Batman was doing was baiting, was Lex using him as bait for me. And now we're here. And he still doesn't know why yet, but I think that the the performance there of like the look down that I was after Batman this whole time. I never saw the puppet master. Okay. What's that's also a really cool detail to call out is comparing man of steel, Clark picturing man of steel, Clark, when he was dealing with the Kryptonians to that, those few seconds of him realizing that Lex is the mastermind. Oh, how far that yeah. Superman has come. But, but it is still at this point in the story, because we've talked about Clark's recent journey, he is in darkness. And I think that that plays in this scene where it makes sense for Superman to have a scowl. Well, and, and Lex just pushed, like, I know we're, we're a couple hours worth of talking about it away from it having happened. But in the movie, I mean, he just, like, he just pushed Lois off yes, of the tower. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. I mean, and it's still, you get this sort of, Clark isn't used to being truly outmatched. In, ter- in this way that Lex has outmaneuvered, outthought, outhumaned him, like in the bad way. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, his machinations yeah. are nothing Clark would ever imagine. Like, you know, he doesn't say it here, but this goes back to, to Nairomi. Like, this whole thing is Superman is finally seeing that he's like on the chessboard and it's like checkmate. It is building to that moment where Lex says, Here's my whole plan. It's going to be this great big fight. And I think it's important to call out the smile on Clark's face when he says, you think I'll fight him for you? Absolutely yeah. not. Which, I mean... Well, like, the, like you said with Zod, the fight with Zod, there was no scheming there. Zod showed up and he was like, 
Zod told him exactly what was happening. He says, I'm going to take over this planet. I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to turn it into a new Krypton. Um, and you can either join me or die. Like, that was a very, like, this is like, he's like, oh, wow, two years I've been chasing Batman. Like, he said, little red notes. He's like, oh, wait, I got little red notes, too. I made him hate you. And it made you hate him. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the last time we saw Superman with Batman, he was bashing his his Batmobile, intimidating him, saying, the Bat's dead. And also, when was the last time we saw the, the Bat signal? Because last time he saw Batman, because of these little red notes that he was getting from Lex, he said, next time they sign your light in the sky, don't go to it. And now here Lex is with Bat, the, the light in the sky saying, hey, <laughs> look what I did. You, that interaction that you had with him, like that interaction that you had with him was a product of fruits that took two years to grow. And this is the point where Superman, this is the moment where it is laid out and his first response is, I'm not going to fight him. Yeah. I see what you have planned out here, but I'm me. I'm not going to do it. That is where Lex is sort of, he spent the last two years working on Batman and the last, what, two hours doing everything that he had to 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 get Clark in this fight because Lex cannot contain his glee when he says, hmm, yes, I do. <laughs> I think you will fight, fight, fight for that special lady in your life. And Clark can also not hide his satisfaction when he counters and says, well, Lois is safe on the ground. How about you? And he kind of gives this look down to the edge of the building, which is, again, very subtle. Yeah, he's like, if you fall off this building, who's going to catch you? <laughs> exactly. And then Lex, he makes the shift from glee into that scarier uh, Lex, where it is that what have you done? That same feeling as Lex says, close, which is interesting, but uh, especially considering when we talk about Clark's world. But I am not talking about Lois. And then he gives a little scrunch face, which is the only moment that I would say is actually legit intimidating or like... Um, you know, a power move. It is a little alpha move from Lex's little squint to Superman. Close. But I'm not talking about Lois. No, every boy's special lady cease the music at the exact moment that he walks by Superman, forcing him to turn if he's going to look at him. And he says, we all know what he says, but I want to call out the fact that what gets overlooked here is Lex Luthor ending this minute. Everything that we've heard of Lex and his daddy's fist and abominations, breaking his faith and kind of putting him on this path to prove that God is not all-powerful or all-good, ending this minute by saying, no, no, Superman, every boy's special lady is his mother. Silence. Superman looks at him with, obviously, the look on the face that everyone in the audience does. As everyone kind of takes a collective breath, and of course, that's where the minute ends. <laughs> exactly, that's where the minute ends. But taking away the intimidation and the sort of OMG factor, which I think we will talk a ton about in the next minute, this minute, I think it's really powerful that this is the only mention that is called out. It is completely unexplored. There's no context added further, but Lex saying... Every boy special lady is his mother. Yeah. And then just leaving that, I could sit here and think about that for the next 12 hours. Well, especially because the, the parallels between Bruce, Clark, and Lex that we've been talking about all along and how when Clark goes to, Clark calls his mom and says, I just needed to say hi. Bruce goes to the grave of his mother 
earlier in the movie where Bruce talks about I'm older now than my father ever was and then Clark goes to the top of the mountain and then Lex goes to the he's top of the He's called there power. in his dreams with like, flowers, yeah. But they, there's there's this very clear contrast between Lex and Bruce both are called to their mother and then and then they both seek solace or advice from their their fathers. And then you get to this point says every every boy's special lady is his mother. Yeah, like you said, there's kind of a, oh yeah, what Lex hasn't talked about his mother. Like, we know about Martha and Martha, but we don't know, <laughs> we don't know about Martha Luther. She's the, uh, yeah, she's the non-existent character. Yeah. And her presence or her absence is never addressed, never commented on, never considered to be in any way contributing to the person that Lex Luthor is or what his motivations or purpose are. Well, to the point that her absence speaks more than her presence. Totally. And then just to like make sure that everybody notices that, let's just put in a little line of him saying that every boy, again, boy, yeah. the magical thinking of orphan boys, if I leave everything the same, then maybe we write in that scene, maybe my father will come back. And now we get a return to that and says, every boy's special lady is his mother. Yeah. Taking this to an extreme, does this moment tell us everything we need to know about Lex Luthor in the context of the entire rest of the movie? Some people could look at this and I could see them saying like, oh, this is the cipher. Mm -hmm. This is the moment that for them will lock in the person that Lex is. No man in the sky saved me from my father's fists and abominations. Well, who else would have? Who else in a, I don't know. I don't, obviously, there are plenty of mothers present in abusive situations. So that's not to say like the presence of a mother would have changed that. But that is a really interesting He's saying what changes it for him, right? He's he's blaming God or Superman uh, or both for the for his, his abuse from his father. But like you said, the the lack of mention or acknowledgement of his mother even existing prior to this point, if this is even acknowledgement, is is louder than like the silence is louder than the than if he were to spell it out. Oh yeah, I mean, if Lex is implied to have killed his father. How does his story change if you think if his father killed his mother and that's an echo of that, what does that mean for his character? If his mother died, what does that mean for his view of God? Yeah. Well, you look down like, like not some, you know, we don't want to mine a future episode too much, but I mean, you look at the eventual, like the outcome of this, he just tipped the first domino and we know how that where these dominoes tip. It ends with a, a resolution that is related to to mothers and Lex. His his character arc is a, is absent. There is no yeah. Martha moment for Lex. Yeah, there cannot be a Martha moment for Lex. Martha Luther remains absent. Yeah, I just think that 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 is such a plot hinge moment. Having Lex call back on that every boy, just the that intentional paralleling that this is kind of the moment where I thought. This is the, these are the scenes where Superman, Batman, and Lex, like you said, their son and father journeys almost synthesize now from separate branches into one. That there's this moment, Lex doesn't have a comment on the mother parallel, which is really, I think, the bigger one that we've been talking about in terms of how the, the plot is actually moving here. And then, no, he has this one line. Powerful. Well, and that line happens at the same time as I was talking about the cinematography earlier and the staging of Lex being between, you have Superman, Batman, and Lex all represented on screen at the same time. The crest on the left, Lex in the middle, 
bat signal on the outside. When he makes that line, as you mentioned, he walks past Superman, and now you have that same representation. He puts Superman and Batman on one side, and him like he's no longer between them. Now, now they are on one yep. side, and he's on the other side. When he when he says that line specifically, he says every lady special lady, every boy's special lady is his mother. Literally, as he changes the staging of the scene for the first time, so that Batman and Superman are standing together, and Lex is standing. Like it's it's yeah it's 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 I mean it's also the moment where the the bat signal in the background is modified just enough to suddenly become a pair of eyes uh-huh. that are glowing like Batman's is. This is the kind of stuff where the art of blocking and physical acting, like in a space, is so underrated and overlooked. It is criminal. Where this is a like stage moment. Well, this is a scene. You know, this is a, two people are talking. Right, that's what's happening. This scene. So and, and Superman planted in spot, mm-hmm. rotating with us, watching Lex go back and forth as he's spinning this whole monologue. And the this the way that it, it and then for someone like Zack Snyder and Larry Fong to say, how do we take the mastery of the physical acting out of this scene and use film? To just amplify it even more. If you imagine what it would be like to act this as Henry Cavill, you are literally in the shoes of somebody watching Lex Luthor un- unveil his machinations around you. We, we uh, I love it. I love it. We feel as if we are standing with Superman watching him. And then the moment that he walks past Superman and says, this exchange is over. Now we are moving on. The physical perspective, like you said, of the camera has changed. So we are outside of it. Yeah. We're no longer looking at both of them. We are looking at Superman now wondering what is going on. And we are denied a look at Lex because we don't know what's going on now either. Well, and that's the like the cinematography, but also if we're in the blocking, but you're going to talk about the editing and just the, the overall filmmaking. You enter this minute with Lex says they will see the blood on your hands. End of, you know, end of Lex's monologue about why, right? And now you get into the what, what have you done? <laughs> Why? What? Um, and then, <laughs> and then you get to this whole minute and he ends with a special lady in your life, change the, you know, change the blocking, realign the two characters. And then you get the horn. <laughs> like he says, this is, uh, every special lady says mother. And you get the, the, the horn of Lex's theme comes in and uh, to punctuate it. And that's the end of that minute. And so like just the, the clean separation of each tenet of, what's going on here is it's like this is this is a complete thought this this is not interrupting this is not in the middle of a moment like this is lex says why he hates superman lex says what he's going to do about hating superman and now the next minute is the what have you yeah. done <laughs> yeah <laughs> continues superman gets his answer in the next minute it, the the moment occurs in this minute so I'll say it here is i remember this is the moment that surprised me the most of where this movie was going to go and where, you know, Zack Snyder and his cadre of storytellers were prepared to take Superman to to test him. And I remember watching Superman. Everyone loves Superman. Martha Kent, untouchable. Everybody loves her. Seeing her ambushed and and taken okay great i i don't know what that is sure they'll maybe hold her hostage and she'll go clark you know who knows what it is 
But the way that this moment is treated, I remember it was like beyond a gasp as, as me and everyone else in the theater were just struck by, oh no. Well, to the point where I guess this is, this is more in the, in the next minute, but I mean, there are people who say like it was wrong. Like it is wrong to ever do this oh, yeah. as a, that's, yeah. Like that's how, how, how far Lex went. <laughs> Lex is, Lex is a bad guy, but he would never do bad stuff. Yeah. He would never, and again, now we are asking, as Superman was at the beginning of the minute, Lex, what have you done? As I have my screen focused on Clark's face, looking over his shoulder, again, the subdued acting, <laughs> a little bit of subdued acting here before Henry Cavill gets to do not that uh, in this next minute, but um, a fantastic Lex minute. If this is the buildup, uh, continued buildup, then he really gets to bring it home in the next minutes. And, um, well, I want to find out what he's done, even though I know and I didn't when he said it. Monologue continues into minute 117, but that is where we will end our discussion right now. Keeping up the glee that Lex had, please accept our thanks in, in listening to the podcast and, and following the journey along. If you can share the podcast with a friend or a fellow BVS fan who would appreciate this level of introspection into the movie, then please do so. Give us a rating on whatever platform you listen to. And uh, if you want to support the podcast with dollars for some extra content and, and keeping this on the internet for all time then you can go to patreon.com slash snyder minute you can find the other podcasts that we're doing there as well but for right now i'm going to end it positively and say that for the snyder minute podcasts our special ladies are our listeners staff is too long they're They're digging digging in the the wrong place place. I am the monarch of the sea. I am the ruler of the... Bad dates.